Welcome to the Strategic Planning Podcast with financial coach Mike Flanders. With more than 40 years of experience in the financial services industry, Mike knows the X's and O's that'll help you achieve your financial goals. It's time for the Strategic Planning Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome into the podcast. This is Strategic Planning with Mike Flanders and myself. What is going on? Mr. Mike, how are you? Well, I am doing just fine. Uh, we were planning a trip up to Indiana to see some of our kids there that uh, live up in the Muncie area. But oh, okay. uh, with this newborn and all coming here, we've uh, had to put that off a little bit. So. Yeah. Muncie, huh? that's boy, small world. We've been talking, we've done a bunch of podcast episodes together and yeah. small world. I went to high school in uh, Columbus, Indiana, which is a little about a half an hour or so below Indianapolis. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah. But Muncie's on the northern side and that is uh, Ball State area. That's right. They are not too far from Ball State. In fact, he plays golf. Uh, he started a little routine on Fridays playing golf with a couple of professors from okay. over there that he's befriended. So, gotcha. Yeah. Funny, funny story. Uh, back in my younger days, my uh, I had a my girlfriend was a year ahead of me in uh, in high school. And, uh, and she had to go off to college to ball state and I had one more year of high school. So we were about an hour apart and, you know, just the trauma of having a girlfriend go to college when you were in high school is rough stuff. Let me tell you. (laughs) Yeah. You were reverse robbing the cradle. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and then you're like, Oh, your girlfriend's in college and you're just a lonely little high schooler, you know, kind of thing. All those all those little things in life, but yeah, I've been to been to Muncie many times. So, well, hopefully you guys oh, will get nice. to uh, get to go up there and, and visit. Yeah, sometime. yeah, we'll rework and get on up there soon. Cool. Well, good. Well, you know, this week we're going to talk about longevity because, yeah, man, <laughs> you know, and it might seem weird having this conversation in, in you know in the midst of this you know ongoing pandemic thingamajiggy yep. that we've got going on. But the truth is, is the truth. I mean, we are still living longer, regardless of these little blips that come up and happen in life and in human nature and so on and so forth. I mean, we're printing 3D lungs and all these, you know, body parts and things and Incredible, such. You know, I yeah. saw something actually, it was maybe just a week or two ago. I may have mentioned this before. I'm not sure, but they were talking about, you know, the mortality tables, which you guys are, are used to working with. And I don't remember the exact numbers, Mike. I, I think currently, what is it like 80, 84 for women and like 82 yeah, for men right or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they were saying with, they think by the year 2035, which is only 15 years, right? Mm. Less than 15 years, 14 and a half. Right. Yeah, uh, that they're thinking, they're thinking 92 for women and like 88 for men. Uh, wow. you know, and then by, I think they projected out by the year, um, 2050 talking like a hundred for, mm-hmm. for women and 95 for men. So, right. I mean, that's just not that long, far away to, and that's a long time. So that if is a long you time, live yeah. to be a hundred, you might actually be, you truly might be retired 40 to 45. You know, people want to retire earlier. People, mm-hmm. some people, you know, people nowadays are wanting to retire at 55. You live to a hundred. That's 45 years in retirement, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's amazing. Uh, my father-in-law has been retired longer than he worked, and uh, yeah, it's it's just crazy. He's ninety-four. Uh, who just passed away? Uh, Olivia De Havilland was in uh, Gone with the Wind. She oh, was about wow. one hundred and four. Yeah, you know, grief. That's yeah. wow. Yeah, she was. Think. Yeah, she just passed away. I think this this past weekend or the. Or no, last week. I think it was last week or so. Either way, okay. uh, 104. So longevity obviously plays a big, big role in financial planning. And, and you, of course, you know this better than anything. And there's something called a longevity multiplier that a lot of people don't really think about or know about, Mike. And it, you take all the little risk factors that uh, play into our financial plan, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, market risk, you know, or interest rate risk or 
you know, uh, tax risk and the rate of tax hikes, things of that nature, all that gets multiplied the longer you live because you're going to go through more cycles, right? Face more of it. That's right. Face yep. more of it. Exactly. So with, you know, we kind of joked at the, at the, our last podcast a, a week ago about the, you know, the death rate for humans still being at a hundred percent. None of us are, you know, right none, there, of, yeah. Yeah, none <laughs> of us are living forever. Uh, and so, uh, but what they are increasing. So I've got a couple of things here I wanted to ask you and we'll just kind of, you know, just kind of chat about this topic a little bit, but, uh, okay. ballpark, or if you know for sure, that's great without saying any names, but how old is your oldest client currently? Um, you have somebody in their nineties. Yeah. 95. 95. Uh, okay. I, I can think of who it is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I just was talking to him. He's, uh, up North of here, um, in another state, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. 95. 95. Well, kudos to him. That's fantastic. Very active. Yeah. Uh, the great Betty White, she's still doing fine. She's what, 98, right? So where yeah. there's so many examples out there of people living, living longer. Uh, in your personal family, who is or was the, the longest lived person? Did you have somebody, you know, you have longevity on your side? No, not really. My, my mother's father died when he was 55, but my, his wife, my grandmother lived till 93. So okay. she, I think she's the longest one that lived in either side of our families. Okay. The, the yeah. gentleman that's 95, is that the oldest person you've known personally or someone older? You know, um, it seems like I have known someone that hit their hundredth birthday. Really? That's awesome. But I can't get them to come to mind. I've, you know, I was thinking about when I was thinking of him, you know, who's the oldest person uh-huh. there is a client, but this, this was someone that, um, I'm thinking was not a client, but it was just a friend or a family member somewhere. Not, not direct family. You know, right. Like right. Cousin or something like that. Cousins, cousins, um, cousin. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Uh, that was a hundred. In fact, I just had a great aunt, um, on my dad's side, uh, she just passed away and she was 99, uh, oh, there you go. 100, I think at her next birthday in this coming, uh, spring. So, okay. Wow. So there, I mean, again, so some examples, right? So mm-hmm. we've shared a few and, and companies out there, Mike, obviously they're investing a lot of money into the concept of a longer lifespan. We all want to live longer. And I know a lot of us will put that caveat on there. Well, as long as I'm, you know, fairly healthy, right? As long as I could maybe feed myself or, you know, take myself to the restroom kind of thing. I, I think I'd want to live a really long time. Everybody's got their thing, right? What they, what they don't yeah. want to deal with. Uh, so why, you know, is living a long time considered financially risky? We kind of touched on that, but give us some, a few more things. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, you got market swings and uh, this, they seem to uh, in, in certain times be closer together than other times uh, broader, but uh, you know, with the, the active, uh, life that we live these days and the, the way technology is increasing and doubling faster than we can even keep up with market swings are probably going to be increasing. And when you have that and you have the downswings and you have uh, on the other side, increasing cost of living, uh, that double whammy impact of, you know, it's costing me more to live, but my assets have gone down. Do I, can I keep taking the same amount of money out or do I need to cut back long-term health needs, uh, either just pure medical issues or uh, care issues, uh, those things can um, increase the the riskiness of living a long time. And then uh, how about the loss of a spouse and the uh, attending loss of income that can occur? Like, you know, if you're uh, both on Social Security, one of those Social Security benefit amounts goes away. There's a pension. Maybe the benefit reduces or goes away, as we mentioned last time when we were talking. So those kinds of things, losses of income that come from loss of spouse, long-term health needs and cost of living increases. 
Yeah, you know, and like I said, multiple administrations, right? If you live 25, 30, 35, 40 years in retirement, okay. you're going to go in and out of multiple administrations and you're going to go in and out of different tax rate tax adjustments rate. and, right. you know, all those kinds of things. And we've got, obviously, we've got whatever's happening now and, and all the money that's being spent and how that's going to affect things. And, and, you know, COVID obviously has altered the world and it is going to continue to alter it for you know, probably many years to come, even if it's not through the actual virus itself, just from the ramifications. Yeah. And the mention that you made of government there, you know, the changes that occur and how you need to adjust your own approach to your yep. uh, situation to offset what the government interferes in, so to speak. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You might not guess how I feel about that. But, <laughs> no. uh, but yeah, that's, that's, it's, it's not like government does something. Everybody just falls in line as robots and says, okay, we now do this. We don't do that. No, we figure out ways to overcome the detrimental effects of government's impact uh, where it is detrimental. Sometimes it's not, I'm not trying, no, trying to not say not always it, right, but, but I love government. I love the fact that there are lines down the middle of the road painted by government fiat, you know, <laughs> if you want to call it fiat. Right. But uh, th- there's good things, but there are things that impact people in, quote, negative ways. And, and we typically don't just sit still and just let it happen to us. We find ways to better our situation. Yeah. I mean, there's always room for those those debates about, you know, the role that government plays in our lives, yeah. too, you know, too much, too little, so on and so forth. But right. when it comes to the financial aspect, uh, there's always going to be those ins and outs. And again, unfortunately, this situation that we are currently in in 2020 is going to alter things financially and has quite a bit. And obviously, there's going to be long term, you know, blowback from, from that. that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So uh, when it comes to longevity, how effectively has the average person uh, addressed these issues? So potentially a new client, prospective client comes in. When you see folks like that and you're sitting down with them, have they taken into account longevity at all, or are they just thinking of it more short term? Yeah. Most, most people are not thinking about that aspect of it. Okay. Uh, in fact, often when one of the early questions I ask someone is, uh, you know, when do you anticipate retiring, slowing down that sort of thing? Mm-hmm. And what do you expect in terms of how long you might have income, uh, a need for income? How long do you think you might live? <laughs> I imagine uh, that kind of makes their head turn a little bit. Yeah. It's like, I have no idea. I mean, yeah. And so we'll talk exactly. a little bit about family and that, that of course is not an absolute indicator, but it's something somewhere to start in, in terms of thinking about what you might need to plan for, because most people do have someone in their family that's lived a long time and therefore they may be made more aware of the need to, to think about that sort of thing. But most people, like you say, it seems like it's a long way off and they tend to think that things will just kind of take care of themselves, solve themselves. And, uh, uh, another thing I'll sometimes hear is, uh, the thought that I won't need as much later on, you know, you get sick, you don't do as much, but there's the other side of that in terms of the cost of caring for a uh, sick situation. So it's, it's something that's uh, many times it's just not carefully thought through and, and it's understandable. No, it definitely is understandable. And part of what I think factors into the longevity conversation or lack thereof is the conversations that also have to go with that, which is, you know, we're not going to be as mobile. We're not going to be as healthy over 80 as we are at 60 or 65. And you then that inevitably leads to those long-term care conversations or what do you do when your health starts to disappear, you know, deteriorate and that's not fun and I get it and it's not appealing and, you know, and facing mortality is certainly scary, but 
The opposite side can be just as scary if you don't have those conversations earlier on in the you know planning process when you are a bit younger. Uh, it's just going to get more and more complicated to take care of yourself at that point. So why you know why put it off just because of the of the fear of it? Whenever the actuality of living through it's going to be much much worse. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I think that's a, a, a certainly something to think about. So maybe you can share with us a, a story or, a, you know, something along the lines of uh, people that have come to visit with you primarily from that aspect that they're, they're worried about running out of money, you know, in longevity. How do you help them? How do you go through those processes? You kind of touched on some of that, but just kind of walk us through a little bit of a story if you could. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I can think of someone that I've uh, done that with sure. recently. Yeah. You know, the first thing we, we do is we create a spending plan. Uh, some people would call that a budget. Uh, most people don't like that word budget because it feels like it's constraining. But actually, once you get something in place that's workable, it's very liberating. It's not constraining. So you, you look at uh, how am I spending money now? So we, we just track spending a little bit. There are various tools to do that. And then can figure out, okay, are there ways that we can cut out waste uh, you know, you're concerned about living too long, running out of money. Let's do something about it now. What's wasteful? What's something that you're really not getting the value for what you're spending for it? Let's cut it out. And maybe some nice to haves that uh, don't really need to, or at least you can put them on the chopping block so that if they need to go soon, sometime sooner than later, you know what they are and you can move quickly to eliminate them, but create a spending plan. Second thing would be to review your portfolio and adjust it for risk if need be. Um, you know, so that you're not uh, having big swings in your portfolio values when markets um, go up and down and uh, a little more easy to manage and, and predict spending levels that are, are sustainable. Another thing would be to make sure uh, that we, we do is, uh, you know, what do you, what do you have coming in as far as income sources such as Social Security? And are you getting the maximum benefit available based on your available options if you're married or single or what have you? Mm-hmm. Are you getting the maximum benefits that you're that are available to you? And sometimes that means maybe um, electing out uh, of Social Security if that's an option for you, and uh, coming back in later. There's there's some things there that um, gotcha come into play sometimes. Um, but another thing would be, um, you know, is there if you're concerned about living too long, and um, you know later on you wouldn't be able to do this possibly. But right now, you might be able to consider getting some work where you can generate some additional income that could add to your source of, uh, you know, the pot of money that you're going to live off of. And um, maybe it's a consider continuing to work if you are working currently. If you don't like what you're doing, maybe right. change jobs, um, maybe getting a second job or maybe a spouse that's uh, got some interest that could be developed into an income producing uh, job, even um self-employed or uh, maybe working somewhere uh, with some business that they enjoy visiting and shopping at. Maybe they could get a job there or something like that. So, right. you know, just finding some things creatively to generate more income that can be saved and invested. You know, that's that's interesting, Mike, because actually it made me think about a conversation I just had with a gentleman the other day. We got into a chat about this, you know, potentially conversation about this potentially cashless society. Um, You know, I don't know if a lot of people have seen this, but a lot of places are saying there's a national coin shortage. And so a lot of places, um, actually this took place at at Lowe's Home Improvement. Uh, I'm not sure if I can say that or not, but I just did. So, (laughs) uh, and they have signs all up about not, you know, needing coins or whatever. But on this particular day, they actually said, sorry, we're only taking credit cards. 
and the gentleman was a little upset. He had cash on him, and he was an older gentleman. And so mm-hmm. we wound up having a chat about it once everything got done with the line. Uh, and you know, he was saying, you know, one of the things that I do, he was talking about being a, he was retired. And he does little odds and ends, not really because he needs the money, but he does it more for activity, activity, uh, activity, but also he does enjoy getting, he gets paid in cash for little minor odds and ends things. And that's kind of his project money, his little extra spending money. And it allows him to keep his budget where he wants to. He was sharing some basic information with me and he goes around and does, and he's in great shape and he's feeling good. And he's in his, I think he was in his mid sixties, maybe. And so it brought up an interesting thought. It's like, you know, you've got to be careful because if that kind of thing goes away, that changes. I mean, how many how many young kids when they're uh, still, you know, maybe, you know, 14, 15, 16, they do, you know, cut grass and things for just cash, you know, right. or, or even. And again, I wouldn't even think about it from a senior standpoint, but a lot of people might have like a woodworking business where or maybe they make arts and crafts uh-huh. and they just sell right. them for cash as a supplemental, you know, way to pad those numbers. So it kind of brings up a whole, I mean, we could do a whole other podcast on that, but (laughs) yeah, for sure. But it's certainly interesting. So there, yeah, again, to your point, there are a lot of little ways where we can supplement things if we're worried about it. But I would say, find out if you even need to go that route from a you know monetary standpoint versus I just want to by having a plan. Get a plan right. put together, develop a plan, and see where you are financially. And outside from some crazy outliers that's going to kind of send things uh, into the you know catastrophe level, you'll have a good knowledge base of are you going to get to and through retirement, even even with longevity factored in. Yeah, exactly. And you know, one other thing I I, I always try and emphasize with folks is. You know, uh, have you considered what eternity means? I mean, it's like, hmm. this is okay. a minor time. You know, we might live to 100 or 90s or what have you. But even the atheist thinks about what happens after we leave this earth. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> and and it, so when you consider that, the decisions about your eternal situation is so much bigger than what's going on here. It kind of puts in perspective your spending and your desires and things like that. And sometimes you can say, you know what? I could put some of this aside because it's not that big of a deal when I think about forever, (laughs) you know, so just kind of get some perspective around that sort of thing. Frame your mindset. Yeah. With, with how you're spending your money and, and, uh, the, in handling this concern and issue over living a long time on the earth. So. All right. Well, I would definitely say that, you know, getting a plan in place that addresses longevity will go a long way to adding some peace of mind and having, and knowing, you know, what it is that you want to do in retirement. If there is some odds and ends you want to do, if you truly want to be straight up retired and just do all the things you were hoping to do, you know, code can't stay forever. At least we hope not knock on wood. So all those things that you factor in, Start with a plan. So make sure you reach out to Mike at Strategic Planning. Have a conversation with him if you have not done so already, or share this message with someone who might need to do the same. You can let them know to subscribe to the podcast by simply checking out Strategic Planning. Just search that in whatever application you like to use, Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, or Stitcher. You can also just find the podcast and ways to share that at Mike's website, spcinvesting.com. That's spcinvesting.com. Or you can call him before you take action if you have any questions about anything you hear on our show or any others at 336-668-4338. That's 336-668-4338. And I'll leave you this with this interesting Tennessee Williams quote, Mike. He said, uh, you can be young without money, but you cannot be old without it. <laughs> there you go. Pretty, pretty. If you take that and just think about that a bit, right? Yeah, he was very, right. Very poignant. <laughs> it's very, very hard to be old, especially in our society, without money, without some money, right? 
Very much so. Very much so. All right, my friend, I'm going to let you go. Take care, stay safe and sane, and we'll see you next time, all right? Sounds great. We'll talk to you folks next time here on Strategic Planning with the one and only Mr. Mike Flanders from Strategic (laughs) Planning Corporation. We'll see you next time, folks. Bye-bye. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.